Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Boom, and we're back. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, show love to the podcast, give your feedback, rate us, greatly appreciated. The number one positive podcast on the internet by far is this one. Today on the show, not only is it a special guest, but he's doing a special thing for you guys. So I'm going to give it to you right now. We're not going to delay it. We're going to give it to you right now. Today's guest started the Daisy May Hats Company, the best hats in the game. I'm going to be rocking one soon. I strongly recommend that if you're in the hat game or want to venture out into the hat game, this is the guy. And I'm not talking baseball cap. I'm talking about cool hats. His Instagram is at Daisy May Hat Co. D-A-I-S-Y-M-A-Y-H-A-T-C-O. All his hats are handmade, hand-shaped, hand-stitched. He only uses 100% rabbit, 100% beaver felt. Every hat is 100% custom, which I think is cool. I've seen people with off-white colors, this colors, matte black, matte gray, like these dyes, everything customized. Super, super, super cool. He never makes the same hat twice. You can check him out at daisymayhats.com. D-A-I-S-Y-M-A-Y-H-A-T-S dot com. He's giving all the listeners, all the Coach HP listeners, 50% off. When you listen to this podcast and you put in code HP15, that's right, HP15, you'll get 50% off any item on the website. Any item on the website, 50% off. Daisy May Hat Co. I Love it. I'm going to rock it. I've never worn this type of hat before, so I'm excited for the new look to expand my game. You got to expand your game. You can't be the same thing. You got to switch it up every once in a while. So super pumped for that. Again, Daisy May Hat Company, daisymayhats.com, Daisy May Hat Co. on Instagram. Let's get right into it. On today's show, the creator of Daisy May Hats, my man Gage putting hats on everybody from my boy Brandon Schaub to ZZ Top. Let's go. Three, two, one, boom, Gage, we're on. Dude, how does one get a name like Gage, man? I I, I love guys that have cool names. That, my name sucks, bro, but Gage is a cool one. 
How do you get a name like that? Uh, my mother was a big um, Stephen King fan, like when I, before I was born, right? So she read all the Stephen King books. And so actually the story goes that uh, my dad was not a huge Stephen King fan. And my mom was like, we're going to name him Gage because uh, from Pet Cemetery was was the, was the book that she liked. And so, um, yeah, she she would like read Pet Cemetery all the time, whatever. And she's like, I'm going to name him Gage. And my dad's like, hell no. So the the story goes, I almost left the hospital without a name because they couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't What's your dad's name? His name is Shane. So it's not bad. Shane's not bad, but Gage is strong, dude. Have you always liked it? Yeah, yeah. It's my middle name. My first name is William, but I've I've never I've never gone by William or Will any time in my life. Right? It's always been Gage. So it's uh, like I remember, like you know, like in high school or something, they'd be like, "Hey, William speeds to the front office," and I would just sit there, and my really? teacher, would be like, "Hey, dude, they're talking to you." I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, okay, I got, yeah, that's my that's my name. Cool, you know." <laughs> Bro, that is awesome. And you grew up in New Mexico. I grew up in New Mexico, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What raised, part of New Mexico? It's a small little cow town outside Albuquerque, like 30 miles east uh, called Edgewood. And Have you ever been to Las Cruces? Dude, I used to ride bulls out in Las Cruces. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I went to um, Warp Tour. Warp Tour was always in Las Cruces, you know? What is uh, Warp Tour? What is that? Warp tours like a they 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 stopped doing it a couple of years ago, but it was a big tour with like metal bands and like hardcore bands and pop bands. So Vans, Van Shoes is called the Vans Warp Tour, and uh, they used to go set up at like different colleges or where where you know uh, state fair areas or whatever, and there'd be um, you know six or seven semis that were all that folded out into stages. Uh, so it was really, that's where I kind of came from. I came from the metal world. I toured in a metal band for like 10 years before I oh, started. That I know. That's when you had the long hair. That's when which, I had the long hair. Too. Which I want to get, get into that, but let's talk bull riding, bro. Okay. Is that something your pops did or did you just start doing that because it was like a cool thing to do or something? Yeah, I literally did it because it was like a cool, a cool thing to do. Um, my... My buddy back home in uh in in high school was like, "Hey, dude, we're gonna do uh we're gonna do bull riding. It's gonna be awesome." And I was like, "You're out of your mind. You're crazy. This is high school." And he's like, "Just do it once. Just do it one time. Just so you know, on your deathbed, you could say, hey, I rode bulls one time.'" And uh, I was like, "Okay, let's do it." You know, so I, I practiced. I did the whole thing for like six months before I ever got in a bull. And then I did it, and I went a full eight seconds, my first bull, and I was hooked. I, I I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it, you know. Dude, so. Talk to me about that. When you're on the bull, does it make weird noises? Does it move around? How does that go? How yeah, does it moves around, but like the pre thing, how does that work? Yeah, so you you low you lower yourself down in the chute, right? And then you have a a, a guy pulling your rope, and then you have a spotter. So one guy's always has your his hand across your vest. So if the bull ever bucks forward in the chute they save you from like your face hitting that front bar. Right. Wow. So, and you got one guy and you're like, all right, go tighter, tighter, tighter. That's, that's good. Then you grab it and you take your wrap. Um, but I mean, really all I used to hear when you know you nod or, you know, okay, let's go boys, whatever, right. Whatever the, the theatrics are, whatever the yeah. cow wants to do, you know, uh, the gate swings open and the bull jumps out and it's up and down or it's called making a well where it starts spinning in a circle. Right. And so 
the more rank your bull is or the more mean your bull is, that's when you get the most points, right? Because you want a real rank bull that's going to spin and do all the tricks, you know? So I, uh, I only rode a couple bulls that, you know, made the well. And if they made the well, I always fell into it and got kicked. So <laughs> Dude, what, what, what made the bull more matter someday you did or just the bull itself had that personality well it's called a flank strap so if you ever watch bull riding there's two ropes there's the rope that the bull rider is holding on to and there's one that goes and it's pretty much like uh not to be graphic but it's it pull it cinches up like the line where the bull's penis and like oh my bang. god no <laughs> so it makes it uncomfortable for the bull right and then also you have spurs on and so when that bull is bucking, you want to spur the bull, right? Oh. And, keep, and you keep adjusting to get a good hold on the bull. So you're always moving your hips and stuff like that. So, and there's a bell on the bottom of your rope. So between the bull feeling uncomfortable and that bell just dinging the whole time, the bull's like, what do you get this guy, get this guy off, off my back? You know, this sucks, you know? So. Gage, what's harder, bulls or broncos? Oh, see, I'd probably say, I would say Bronx. I never rode horses. I was, I'm tall. I'm six foot, right? And so I'm, I'm pretty tall for a bull rider. So my bull riding coach always wanted to push me towards, you know, like bareback bronc riding or, or saddleback, stuff like that. And I watched that one time and I was like, you, you can't pay me enough to. Because <laughs> yeah, horses are faster. They're stronger. It's like. They're more agile, you know, I think. They're yeah. taller. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you get bucked off a horse, you can, you know, you go pretty high in the air. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. That's I, crazy, I, bro. I never, I never had a. <laughs> let's, let's talk about, you live in Nashville now. Mm -hmm. New Mexico. Where do you prefer, Nashville or New Mexico? Well, you know, I, I. It's one of those things where as you, you get older and you look back, you know, where were you raised? Dude, I was born in Cuba, but I was raised in Miami. You're And you're still in Florida, right? I But my trajectory is crazy. I went from Cuba to Spain, Spain, Miami, played baseball here, biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball. Then I, then I went to a school for a little bit in North Carolina, came back to Miami, finished here. Okay. Lived in Los Angeles okay. for six years. Slept in a car for six months in Los Angeles. Wow. Lived in Los Angeles for six years. Then lived in Las Vegas in the nightclub business for four years. Then I came back to marry uh, the love of my life here in Miami four years ago, I think. So now I'm back in Miami, bro. So now you're back in Miami. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, you know, when you leave, you leave home you're growing up in a spot, right? You, I can't get out of here soon enough, you know? And I was in a small town, uh, you know, and it was, I was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go on the road. I got a tour. Um, I gotta see the world. And now as, you know, as an adult, as a 30 year old dude, I, I look back on New Mexico and I'm like, man, I really like to go back home and, it wasn't and go, that bad, you know, <laughs> and, and maybe, you know, get, get a little ranch out there or something, you know? Um, right. But I, I love I love Nashville, man. Nashville, I've been here for almost ten years, and uh, it, it's it's you know part of what makes me you know made me who I am, right? And, and I, I, you know, I, I we used to 
tour and stuff and I just we had just come through Nashville and play some shows or whatever, right? And I'd be like, man, and you go out to Broadway and go see the bars and whatever. And I just always just go, man, if I ever if I ever could ever move anywhere, I'd move to Nashville. Just really just I loved it. Yeah, I just loved it. I loved the the nightlife. I I liked the people. Um and then it just kind of came to a point where, you know, I had a little bit of money in my pocket and uh, I got a little pickup truck and I threw a futon mattress and a skateboard and a duffel bag in the back. And I drove out here at four in the morning from New Mexico. And you made the move. I made the move, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I uh, I was in Nashville for the first time this past January for the ABCA, which is the American Baseball Coaches Association, the big baseball convention. Okay. And it was at the Gaylord Palms. Yeah. And I, I literally went from the airport to the Gaylord Palms. Did the whole convention for three days because I stayed there two days and then I came back, bro. I saw nothing, nothing of, yeah. uh, of Nashville, bro. But yeah. I've heard, uh, I've heard good things, man. I've heard good things. Let's talk about the long hair, bro. Uh <laughs> so you were, you were in a band, right? Yeah. I think you're one of the few dudes because I see you now. Obviously, the main part of this is you're in the hat world now, which is uh -huh. phenomenal. I think the kind, the type of hats that you make really look good with dudes that have long hair because it flows in the back and all that stuff, whatever. <laughs> do you miss your long hair at all? Oh, sometimes I do, man. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you cut it? I just got tired of waking up with hair in my face all the time. You know, my hair was like down to here. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just was just like, man, I, I'd like to get out of the shower and not have wet hair for like an hour. You know, right. I'd like to just like just have dry hair and I needed a change. I wanted something different, you know. And so, uh, yeah, before I started my business, I've had like a million different jobs. Right. I've just never been good at having a, like having a boss. That's like my failure. But I I uh, was working at a was like collision center and I went and took a lunch and I just went to the barber shop that my friend owned. And I was like, hey, can you give me a haircut? He's like, yeah, you want to trim? I go, nope, just take the whole thing. Just 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 do something different. And, uh, I think I showed him like a picture of like Brad Pitt from Fury and that's <laughs> what everyone was showing, right? Like five years ago, I was like, dude, name me like Brad Pitt, you know? <laughs> so that's what he did, man. And I came back and, uh, I literally walked back into the office and this dude, like my boss was like, Hey, can I help you? I was like, it's me. What are you doing? He's like, Oh my God. Bro. Like what, what happened? I went and took a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> and now you still rock the same haircut? Yeah, I got like a mullet right now. I just nice. kind of like kind of slick it back whenever I do like my hair, uh, which isn't very often, especially during the Christmas season as I'm working crazy hours. You know, I uh, right. I uh, I don't. I just kind of throw my, one of my beanies on or a hat and just kind of get to the get to the grind. You know, Gage, so. you, me you mentioned the the music business, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The beauty, I would think, looking at from the outside in, I have zero music talent at all, but understanding that business and what you're doing now, the beauty of making a product and making a good custom product, which what you have now is, that's almost like you know you have a feeling inside mm -hmm. that it's going to hit. You don't know when it's going to hit, but you know it's going to hit. The mm -hmm. music stuff is different because especially probably – If you, if let's say you were doing what music, what was it 10 years ago you were doing music? I was doing ago? music up to three years ago. Three years ago. So yeah. maybe you were around still with the YouTube face. So you still had the mm -hmm. social media stuff, stuff like that. But I would think it'd be easier 
to do the hat stuff versus the music stuff. Does that make any sense at all or no? Oh, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm pretty much like a one man show. I have a, a couple of consultants and things like that. And a dude that helps my emails, websites. Right. But when you're in a band, I mean, it takes a small army. You know, I lived in a van and I was married to four other dudes is how I always say it. Right. And, um, everybody, you know, the, you know, you have a record label, you have a booking agent, you have a lawyer, you have managers, and they're all like, this is it. This is what we want. You know, we're thinking this direction. And then you take this culmination of songs and you turn it in and you're like, hey, this is what this is what we were thinking. We would think, you know, uh, you know, song X is the first single and then song B is the second single. And they're like, well, we actually maybe thought something like this was like more of this kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it, it's. It's hard. It's hard. I don't. I, I. You know. I don't know how dudes that have been in bands for like thirty years. I'm like. I don't know how you guys do it. You know. Because I don't know. Living in a van. Like our last tour, our van got broken into, and our money bag was like stolen the day before we were going to go to the bank and go deposit like cash. And it's. You know. You're. You're in a van, and you're. You know. Some. Sometimes you drive four hours to a show, or sometimes. You know, I've been, there have been routes where it's like, hey, you have three days to get from, you know, from Texas uh, to Seattle, Washington, right? Or, or whatever. And you're just driving all through the night, all day. And that's, uh, it just, it takes, it just takes toll on you, you know? And I, I'd gotten to the point where I was like, I'm just pretty tired of this, you know? But yeah. Was and music your passion? It was for a long time. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was a little boy, I mean, like, 10 years old. You know, I started going to shows when I was probably uh, like 12 or 13, right? There was, I, I grew up in a like really small church and one of the girls who went there, her boyfriend had long hair and played guitar and was in a local band. And I just thought he was the coolest dude ever. His name was JD. Shout out to that guy. And uh, he, yeah, he was, you know, when I was in like whatever, middle school or something, you know, he was like already in college. My parents would take me to town and I'd go stay with, stay the night at his, at his, his apartment. And like, we would go to shows on Friday. Right. So that was my weekend for years. It was like, my dad would give me 20 bucks, 10 bucks to get into the show and 10 bucks to get a t-shirt from the band. Right. And, nice, man. um, man, yeah, I just, I love music. I, I loved, uh, always writing songs and poetry and reading poetry and, when I started going to shows, I was really into heavy music, right? I loved, you know, uh, like these like bands like Blindside or like real hardcore bands like Refused or Earth Crisis, like whatever, right? Whatever the band was. Um, but, you know, you got these dudes on stage screaming and you're in this packed room of like 150 kids and we're all losing our minds. And I was like, man, there's, I'd never heard anything like it. I'd never seen anything like it. Right, right, right. And that changed my life where I was like, I have to be that guy. Like, and it's the reason why I still wear tight pants and flannels to this day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when, when you, you mentioned something there interesting, man, mm -hmm. your pops, mm -hmm. that the fact that pops not only hooks you up to go to the concert, but gives you money to buy a shirt, man, yeah. that tells me he's a cool dude. Oh. Did you did you know that growing up? Do you still have a good relationship with your dad? I do. Yeah, my dad's like my best friend. I mean, I, I literally call my dad every other day. We we just just to be like, hey man, it's snowing out. 
you know what I mean? Or, oh, hey, yeah, I went hunting this weekend, you know, whatever. Um, but my dad has always been supportive. And we didn't grow up in like, you know, I grew up in a double wide trailer, you know what I mean? And my dad worked on the Air Force Base. He's My dad's a scientist. Um, he built like one of the biggest lasers in the world. His picture's hanging now in the Smithsonian Museum in D.C. Um, but it was always cool because growing up it was – you know, hardcore music and skateboarding. Right. And I mean, it was like once a month, my skateboard broke and he'd be like, all right, we got to wait. You got to wait two weeks and get your new one, you know? And, and it got to the point where I couldn't buy like the brand name skateboards. Cause I was running through them so much that he's like, no, you need to get like the, whatever the skate shop is the blank one, you know? And so the $50 one, you got to cut it down to the $30 board. Cause it's, right. he's like, and you grind the picture off on the bottom anyways, you know? Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, he's always been super supportive. And, and, you know, one, one story that comes to mind right now, as you bring it up was I, uh, I was working for a band called O Sleeper. They were a band out of, out of uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. And they got me, my band was called to speak of wolves. Right. And we were on a record label called solid state with, with O Sleeper and, uh, to speak of wolves, they needed a singer and, um, O Sleeper, set up that they set that appointment up for me, I guess, right. My tryout. And, uh, I was at home in between some tours and I told my dad, I was like, Hey, I want to go to North Carolina and, uh, you know, try this out. And I think I was, I was 19 years old and I'd always come home and just burn all my money from tour, you know? (laughs) And, uh, I go, Hey, you know, will you, will you buy me a plane ticket to North Carolina? He's like, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll buy you a plane ticket. You know, he's like, how long you gone for? And I go, I'm gone for good. Just buy me a one-way ticket. Cause I'm going to make this happen. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make this band. I'm going to try out and I'm going to make it. And he was like, you sure? Like you sure you don't want like a safety net? And I was like, Nope, just buy me a one-way ticket. And, um, and he did, he bought me a one-way ticket, man. Like that night. How old were you? How old were you? I was 19 years old. Damn. Yeah. I was 19. And, uh, he's he's that dude's been like my biggest cheerleader you know what i mean he's just been so rad bro having a dad so tight was it hard leaving him um it was hard when i moved to nashville right like uh and you know my parents are divorced right so they got divorced when i was 18 uh and that was hard and that that did put like a strain on our relationship for a little while you know because it was always like Oh, your dad's a dick, you know, and he's like, Oh, your right, mom's right, right, right. and you're this young kid and my brain's not fully developed. And I'm like, I'm surging with emotion and hormones, like who to believe, you know? Right. Um, but you know, you kind of level out as an adult. Uh, but yeah, man, it was, it was, uh, it was hard when I moved to Nashville, when I made that leap, because I, I was out, I was loading my little truck up and we had dinner together and uh, I walked out and uh, it was like the one of three times I'd ever seen my dad cry. And he gave me a big hug. Really? And he, he, he gave me 200 bucks cash because, hey, this is, you know, it's for you, you know, just put it in your pocket, whatever, you know. And, and uh, you know, hey, lock your door if you're sleeping at a truck stop. You know, just give, you know, give me the dad advice, right? And he gave a big hug. I looked back. He was crying. I gave him a big, che- you know, big kiss on the cheek and gave, gave each other one big hug. And, I you know, and, and I remember just driving out of his his driveway and he opened the gate for me, you know, and, and as I look into my rear, ver- your rear view, turning around, like leaving, you know, I could see him just like, you know, just like waving, you know? Um, so yeah, that was a, 
that was a monument, pretty big, a pretty big monumental moment for our relationship, right? Where he was just like, okay, he's doing it. Like that, you know, he's got to go get his own place. He's got to get a job because on tour, I just, I kept my room at my dad's house because I'm, right. I'm I was gone nine to 10 months out of the year, you know, yep. so come home, hang out with dad for a couple of days and then, you know, be with friends and disappear. Right. And then, you know, from that point on, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> I had to clean my room. You know, <laughs> Dude, I, I bring that up because my dad was the complete opposite, bro. Mm. I, I'd always growing up in vision. I go, man, what if me and my dad were the same people, like same vibe, same personality, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he was super Latin testosterone dude. Uh, wouldn't not break the law, super straight arrow, but just a temper that would fight anybody. And he would beat the shit out of me when I would strike out in baseball and I would do bad. And imagine baseball is real hard. It's a sport that you're destined to fail. Yeah. You fail a lot. Yeah. And anything that had that involved swag or being cool, my dad was against. So mm. I had to have like a dorky haircut, dorky clothes. Because everything was he didn't want me to to pop. So I wouldn't mess up my baseball career. So I would be, you know, and what made me popular now is I became kind of like the kid whisper. Okay. Helping parents and kids, especially dads and sons, understand that in the sports crazy world, because in sports it's a little different than music. Music, everybody that's in the arts, kind of it's usually, especially men, mm -hmm. they get it. Mm. Unless you're like some crazy, like a uh, mom that's into cheerleading or some crazy thing. But the arts world, the artists get it. But no. in sports, it's like ego, testosterone. It's a, it's a lot of my son has to represent me on the field. Oh, So wow. the amount of relationships that get ruined by the parent yeah. on a sport that your kid's never going to make it, Gage, it becomes so uncomfortable and the fighting and the back and forth. And what happens is, see, my goal is my son right now is two months, three months old okay. right now. Okay? okay. He looks at me and he smiles and I have a vibe that me and him have the same temperament. We're chill. Yeah. I just feel it. You know, yeah. I, my goal is I almost get goosebumps that if my son is doing a podcast 30 years from now yeah. and somebody asks him about me, that he would respond the same way that you responded to your dad, bro. Mm. That's why, to me, that's so important, man, because however we attack our dreams, right? Mm -hmm. And what I tell people is you chose two professions that on the outside in, looking in from the outside, seem very sexy. Mm. You know, the band stuff, now the hat stuff, it's sexy. You don't have a boss. You don't mm -hmm. punch in a clock, all these things. But what I try to tell people that are chasing passions and chasing their mm -hmm. dreams is it's becomes the most loneliest thing that you do. Oh God. Because there isn't a group of guys that are hustling that mm -hmm. you can pick up and call mm -hmm. and go, Hey bro. So let me ask you a question, man. About four years ago when mm -hmm. you were in the grind that this happened, how, how did that happen? Like, what were you going through? Yeah. That doesn't exist. You know? So my thing is, and I want to see if you agree with this or not, my show started like almost like my talent is finding talent in people and really honestly 
promoting them in a good way, not in yeah. a bullshit kissing ass way. Not on a, just like I like what I see. Yeah, the dude's young. He has talent. Now he has celebrities giving him love. Mm -hmm. Let me now. Let me hear your brain. Mm -hmm. Now let me see what you're thinking when you put that post up. Hey, Brandon Schaub. What mm -hmm. happened next week when you were there building a hat and there's nobody there to see it anymore? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I care about, bro. So yeah. talk to me about that, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was, uh, I was pretty, I was fortunate when I met, when I met Brendan um, in my shop here, I'm in this like little two-story house, right? And the dude upstairs, uh, his name is Russ Hickman. He has a tattoo parlor called The Quill. And uh this was this was last year. Brendan was like, "Hey, I'm coming to Nashville," and I've always liked Brendan. I've always followed his UFC. Like, UFC was like huge in my house, right? We always watched it. My grandfather used to like. We used to like rent it from like Hollywood. Remember Hollywood Video? Yes. Like, rental store. So my yes. grandfather, dude, you know, he would like. We'd be like, oh, you guys gotta watch this UFC, man. This shit's crazy. These guys are nuts, you know. And we <laughs> Gage, for people that don't know, Hollywood videos like the Walmart to Blockbuster, right? <laughs> Dude, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, anyways, I always kept with Brendan and then he made this post. And I want to tell this story because this is how this is how awesome social media can be. Yeah, there's a lot of bullshit with social media, but this is how awesome it can be. I literally just put a comment on Brendan's post. I go, hey, thick boy, come get a custom hat. And that's all I said. And I wasn't expecting anything. And, um, you know, I checked my phone like 15 minutes later or whatever. And he just goes, dude, DM me. And I, I was like ecstatic. I, I couldn't believe it, you know, and uh, my daughter, she was, I was living in, um, I was living in like a two bedroom apartment at the time. Right. And, and my fiance wow. was a, a chef and she was cooking. She was working like night shift at a restaurant. So she was gone from noon to pretty much, um, you know, midnight or, you know, one in the morning. And so uh, I would go to work or whatever. Uh, and anyways, I, I, I was like, Oh my God. And I'm having this moment where I'm freaking out and I have no one to celebrate with. Cause like my daughter's sleeping and I'm just out my back porch and I'm like, Oh, oh my God, like, this is amazing. I can't believe this. And so I, um, I DM like, Hey dude, what's up? Like, I saw you come to town. I can meet you and take your template and the stuff. And, and then Russ, I knew Russ was a fan of Brendan. So I text Russ. I was like, dude, Brendan wrote me back and I might make him a hat. And he goes, Oh dude, Brendan's coming to my shop like tomorrow for a tattoo. Nice. Just text him and see if, you know, if you can swing by and get his template. I'm like, Oh my God, that'd be great. So I called my babysitter at the time. I'm like, Hey, tomorrow at this time, can you watch my daughter? And she's like, yeah, for sure. And the day comes and, uh, she cancels on me like 20 minutes, cancel on me like 20 minutes before. And I go, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And uh, uh, so anyways, I, I go, all right. I grab my daughter and I grab like my backpack and my laptop and and like my stack of hat bodies, you know, that, um, that I use to make hats. And I just go, all right, girl, we're going to go meet Brendan Schaub. And I just, this is, this is the un, the uncool part, right? Like of this story. And so I walk up to this celebrity dude that I've never met before and, and, you know, he thinks I have this like cool hat company and I'm like this dude living in an apartment. I don't even have a shop yet. Right. Right. And so 
I come up the stairs and here's me holding my daughter and the stack of hats. And I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm Gage. I own Daisy May Hat Co. I don't have a shop or anything yet, but I'm going to make you a hat, you know? And he was totally cool about it. I made him a hat, sent it off. Um, it was rad. And, uh, and then next time he comes back through town, it's like I'm a little bit more established. You know what I mean? I, I, I have a shop. I, I, you know, I still have his template and all these different things I can make his hat for. Um, and, and, you know, he sent me up a couple of times. I've, I've made, I've made him several hats. I've made his wife a hat, you know, and he, he's, that dude's the coolest dude ever. You know, I love that guy to death. And, and what I've found with Brendan, he's, he's, uh, he's extremely loyal, you know, and, and it's like that dude can get a hat from anybody. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to get a hat from me, you know, but he chooses to, and I'm just forever grateful you know, that is awesome, bro. How, was that the first known person that you made a custom hat for? I made a hat like my my um I've wor- I worked at a hat shop here in Nashville for a few years, uh, and then it, it was just kind of a volatile place. You know, just you know, it's kind of a volatile place to work, and I just was like, I don't like having a boss. Right. So I I, I quit. And I went home that day and keep in mind, like my daughter is like barely a year old. Right. And I call my fiance. I'm like, I just quit. I quit the shop. And she's like, just start a GoFundMe and see if you can raise some money. Like just start Daisy May. Like it was my dream to start Daisy May. She's like, just, just get Daisy May started. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to do a GoFundMe. I don't want to ask people for money. She's like, well, you got to figure something out because you got to, you know, we got bills and you got to have a job. And so I called a good friend of mine. And he's just the friend that was like, you know, he was married first. He had a house first. He's owned his own business and he's always done very well. Right. And he's very frugal. And I, I call him for these types of things. And he's always um, the friend that asks you hard questions that you're yes. like, I love you, but I hate that you asked me this because that means that they recognize something within myself. Right. Yes. Um, and so I go, this is the situation. I tell him what happened. He goes, okay, you just had a daughter, right? And I go, well, yeah. And he goes, Okay do a GoFundMe. I was like, no, dude, that's going to look bad. I don't want to do a GoFundMe. He goes, dude, you have a kid. You don't have no, you don't have a place. There's no room for pride. There's no room for pride anymore. Like you, you have to provide for someone now. Just do a GoFundMe, see what you get. And I was like, okay, cool. So I, uh, I didn't even like call my consultant. I just went home and like just did a GoFundMe and I, I should have done like $30,000, but I did three grand. And I was like, I'm only doing this for a week. I'm trying to get $3,000 to start my business. So I get some hat blocks and get some hat bodies and, and get to working, you know? And, um, dude, in, in, in seven days I raised $4,500 and, wow. uh, and that was just promoting it on Instagram. I was just from Instagram and I was like, cool. And then I just, I cut off. <laughs> I cut off the GoFundMe after a week, and then I just started taking orders. Right, I um, I just hit the ground running, man. I didn't have a shop. I didn't have hat blocks. I had nothing, right? And and I got the money, and I just started. I I called uh, a manufacturer in Salt Lake City. I was like, I need some hat blocks, and I called my guy. I was like, I need hat bodies, um, and then I bought a conformature, which is what I use to take templates right? right let's go step by step because i don't yeah. know anything you're talking about. Okay. okay what's a hat block a hat block is i don't have uh i don't have one in here hey david are you in here yeah. can you hand me a, any hat block give me one of the wooden hat blocks and bring me one hat body what's that? bring me a hat block and a hat body in there my producer from my podcast is here david so that's the man <laughs> we got to talk about your podcast dude i love it 
we'll get there, dude. <laughs> um, so I, I, what I do is I get a, um, a felt in it's a, it's a hat body, which I'm about to show you. And then, um, let me see here. I'm getting ahead of myself. Any one of those work doesn't matter. It could be diet or anything, brother. Here we go. Here he comes. Perfect. Yep, that's great. So <clears throat> I get one of these. This is a hat body, right? This one is 100% beaver. So it's beaver felt. So this is beaver felt and bug guts. It's a bug. It's a beetle from South America that's no matched up and it makes a stiffening agent. So this is literally just felt and bug guts put together and it's put into this shape, right? So I take this, I hit it with a bunch of steam and then I stretch it over this. This is a hat block right here. Oh, so okay. yeah, this is it. So I'll take this guy, hit it with steam, stretch it over this. I iron it to it. And then from there I turn around and I make something this so this is a dude's custom hat that i'm working on right now it's dyed has some colors on it and i'll put trim on this and um yeah everything is shaped by hand i did all this by hand you know and i shape sand it down yeah i'll take that one too this is uh this is another one right here that i did so yeah man it's uh i love it it's what i do you know so all that to say is i started taking orders before I had any of that stuff. So that's rabbit trail. But the first dude that I sold a hat to was like the CCM artist. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, was a CCM artist named Jordan Feliz. And uh, he just called me. He's like, hey man, I heard you make hats. And I was like, yeah, I do. I, I totally make hats. I can make you a hat. I can sell you a hat. Like, come on, you know? So drove out to this dude's house, took his template. And uh, yeah, I take a template of people's heads. And then I put it on a piece of wood and then I have this template right here and I have it forever. Right. So nice. when Don's like, Hey, I want a, a white hat and I make that one and he comes in the shop, I take the template. Right. And then, you know, a couple months later he goes, Hey, I want a black hat. He doesn't have to come in. I just, I already have his template. So I iron the hat, I iron this to the hat. So when I put it on your head, it fits you perfectly. Really? Yeah. Let me ask you a question because mm -hmm. I think I think for the hat world, yeah, and your vibe really fits Nashville with what you're doing. Yeah. Like I, I, I love it. The other hat people that have been before you, like an mm -hmm. example, Cam Newton wears a certain type of hat that yeah. he wears all the time, whoever. And there's another one, Farquaad, I know. Uh, Nick, Nick Fouquet. Yeah, he's out in Nick L.A. Nick Fouquet. Mm -hmm. When I had George Lopez on the show, yeah, I asked him about those hats. Yeah, what separates that versus you, other than your vibe and your touch? Is that the difference? That's because I think it is. It is, yeah, and really, and uh, and honestly, I mean, price point too, right? Like, but I, my hat bodies, like that big hat body I showed you, that all comes from the same place where where both of those dudes get their hat bodies, you know, right, right, and right. the dude who used to work, the dude who makes cams hats used to work for Nick and then left Nick and started to start his own. own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's all just, it's all style, right? It's all exactly. That's you know, why I love your vibe, bro. That's why I think you're going to be 
super successful, man, because Thanks, you got a great story. It's your passion. And the vibe of it is like rock and roll, but like sexy rock and roll. Like, <laughs> like I think I think of it like Bradley Cooper in that movie with with uh Lady Gaga. Uh, dude, that was such a good movie. What's that movie called? Uh Star is Born. Star is born, bro. I, I look at it because what made that character for me, remember, uh-huh. I'm a Miami guy. Miami guy and a Tennessee guy are very different, you know? <laughs> but what but what made and living and live having lived in LA was that that guy is your quintessential like rock but current star flies mm-hmm. in private planes has a certain lifestyle but yeah. then lives in the hills but has an old truck and it's cool when you're a celebrity to roll that yeah. you know and yeah. also i get like a vibe of you that I remember when Jesse James started doing the choppers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just started going out to LA like that. And I had never I never went to his place. But West everybody Coast that I choppers. spoke to, West Coast Chopper, everybody yeah. that I spoke to that would go to his place, like the dude was out of his mind. Like he literally had like he had it in Long Beach, fully tatted dude. Yeah. And then he had like he would be jamming like super loud rock and roll music yeah hooking up with strippers porn like just losing his mind you know but it had a vibe yeah that fit mm-hmm. the brand of what he was doing yeah you know there's a great interview i listened to with jesse james and he said uh they go is there anyone that you that you wouldn't make a motorcycle for he goes yeah sylvester stallone and they're like why he goes he wanted a yellow motorcycle and they go, well, why didn't you make him a yellow motorcycle? He goes, I fucking hate yellow. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that was it. Like, that was his whole reason, right? And dude, Sylvester Stallone, that's Rambo. Like that's, that's no, that's that, Rocky. No, that's Rocky. Rocky, it's Rambo. Like it's like he's like the biggest dude ever, and he was just like, nah, I'm good. And yeah, I, dude, so, it's crazy. Society loves that. Yeah, I had on I had on my show. The guy, ex-paratrooper, who built Joe Rogan's, you know, the American flag behind Joe Rogan? Yes. Josh, who built that, I had him on my show. And it's like, and he started that construction guy. Uh And he talked to me about how he started the flag stuff and stuff like that. And every time I see artists, right? Because I think you're you're an artist, bro. Mm -hmm. You're an artist, you know? The hardest part of the artist is blending in the artist with the businessman mm-hmm. because you're like like it's like it's almost like the GoFundMe thing. Yeah. It's like you don't want to sell out. You don't like fuck. I don't want to. I don't want to go there and go see somebody and be like, hey, anybody else want hats? You yeah. want a hat? So yeah. it's like, how do you balance that, man? You know, I um, uh, I have a a dude from afar that I really really admire. Uh, his name is Evan Hayford. He started Black Rifle Coffee, right? The coffee company. And um, I really admire him. And he was in an interview one time and he said, you have to sacrifice your ego on the altar of business. And I have that written above my workbench on my window. So nice. every time I look out my window, it says you have to sacrifice your ego on the altar of business. And so what I've done is I have, I've surrounded myself with people who are very, uh, 
you know, they're, they're, they're very well off. They're wealthy people. They have great businesses, you know, and they're, it's different businesses. It's website stuff. It's, it's commercial real estate. It's, it's hotels, you know? Um, but they have a life where it's like, my goal is, I've said this since the beginning is 10 acres and a Toyota Tacoma. And man, like, that's like, that's like living for me. Cause I'm like this redneck who makes hats, you know, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, special, I, it's special. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and I just was like, there are things about business that I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but man, I, I can figure it out and I can find out, you know, I can, I go, okay, how do I, how do I get an LLC or whatever? What do I do for, uh, oh, I can do from legal zoom. Oh, but if I use, you know, legal zoom, you know, Joe Rogan at checkout, I get 15% off. I'll do that. Right. So I just kind of started picking things apart like that. And I watched a ton of YouTube stuff where I'm like, okay, well, you know, how do I, how do I get investors or what do you know, what does this mean? What, what's, what's ROI? Like, what are all these terms that I don't understand? And so right. I just really started listening to a lot of, uh, how I built this, right. That, um, it's an awesome podcast and listen to a lot of that, but that, you know, there are things that I don't know. Right. I, and I don't, I'm not very good at emails. I don't, I don't like doing like website stuff. So I, I have a dude who does that for me. Right. right. And it's like, Hey man, you do this. This is what I'm thinking. You do it. And you know, with all my branding and, and logos and stuff, I, th- you know, that carried over. That's one of the things that carried over from the music world is because merch is life on tour, right? You're, you have to oh, have yeah. t-shirt stuff, cool hoodies, whatever, because if you don't, you're, you're starving, you know, you have to sell merch every night. Right. And I look at that for my company and, um, I'm like, I got to have cool t-shirts, right? Because there are some people who are like, hats aren't my thing, but I love that t-shirt. I'm going to buy it. Or I love that trucker hat. I'm going to buy it, right? And so I just started looking at different angles of things like that. And yeah, man, you know, I just, I ask for help. I, 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 my consultant says, uh, he goes, you're the king of asking for things because I don't know, right? I mean, there's a dude who has a Porsche. I go, hey, what do you do? How'd you get that car? Right. I'm not a huge Porsche fan. I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't own a Porsche, but what if, what if the dude driving a Tacoma? Oh, the dude driving a Tacoma. I'm like, Hey, what's up, dude? Like, is that three? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, <laughs> he's like, uh, Hey, dude, what, what, uh, what color Tacoma? Dude, I want a gray one. A gray one? Gray. I want it lifted. You know, I want tires. I want a winch on the front. You know, I mean, I, I think that's partially from growing up in New Mexico is there's like, there's big yeah. trucks, but, uh, yeah, I'll be driving around my fiance and I'll be like, Hey, that's a good looking truck right there too. You know, I don't have to have a Tacoma. I get, that one looks nice, you know? And, and she's like, okay, that's a piece of shit old like truck. I'm like, yeah, it's a nice truck. You know, I don't that's like a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. Babe, it's a vibe. Yeah. You know? So it's funny. Cause my consultant goes, you know, it's like very doable. I go, yeah, well, that's why I didn't say I want a, you know, a Bugatti with a mansion in the hills and, you know, five pounds of cocaine in front of me. I want something, you know, being surrounded by strippers, right? It's like, I want, I want something tangible and real that when I get that, I'm like, man, this is awesome. This was a very tangible goal that, that I made into a reality. You know what I'm saying? And I think people, you know, and people, it's funny because entrepreneur is like the buzzword of, of our like generation, right? Like I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, dude, I'm not an entrepreneur. I am just a, 
I'm this redneck dude who likes heavy music and I know how to make, I know how to make a hat. Right. And, right. and I, I just, I try to stay in my lane, you know, and that's it. And I'm like, I'm not an entrepreneur. There are other dudes who do startups and tech and all this stuff and they're great at it. Right. And, uh, you know, but if someone's like asked me for help on how to start their business, I'm like, go to legal zoom. I don't know. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it, bro. I, realistic, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think of it the same way, man. I think of it the same way. Let, let's talk about expectations, bro. Yeah. I, when I started, I tell people that when I started everybody, this is at the age of, I became coach HP. I'm known as coach HP. Mm -hmm. at the age of 37 okay okay after being super successful in las vegas i ran a i was the director of customer development for a club called hide in the bellagio okay so i lived at the aria hotel that sounds single for four years like okay. literally <laughs> i put a i'm a guy that not that there's nothing wrong with this but i've never drank in my life never done drugs so i was super focused man yeah. And I don't know about you, growing up, I had a lot of identity issues, Gage, because okay. my since my dad enslaved me, mm. I didn't know who I was, bro. One mm. day I'd be this person, another day I'd be that person. I just everybody, if I'd have seen you and you look cool, I'd try to be you, I'd try to be this, mm. I'd try to be that. So in Los Angeles, that hurt me a lot because mm. I lied to people, I bullshit them to fit in. And my charisma and my little thing got me into circles. And I'm a positive dude and I've never been a hater, but I never felt I fit in because let's say we're hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm hanging out with this, all these superstars. You're there. You, you've made hats for them and I'm here and I'm sleeping in my car and I had nothing that I felt that was sexy. Mm. And other than saying the truth, which would have been super sexy, I, I created some shit and it was, it was stupid. But La, by Las Vegas, I got my PhD in really learning how to deal with people, bro. Mm. And... When I was in Vegas, I put a goal of working every single day, put the suit on, and go to work every single day. Positive momentum took me to a year and a half, bro. I wow. didn't want to stop because it was the first time in my life that I finally hit me being good at something. And I was, I think, your age. You're what, 30, you said? I'm 30, yeah. So I was 31. Okay. Okay. Did that for four years. I came here. I got the idea that, man, I'm going to start. I want to change baseball and relationship with parents. I didn't want to come back to Miami, but I was here. So I'm vlogging. And I'm a 37-year-old dude yeah. vlogging in baseball fields of youth baseball in Miami. Okay. And getting hated on by everybody except the kids. The little kids. And we're talking about like seven, eight, nine, 12-year-old kids, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, vlogging, cool, YouTube. Everybody that I knew, everybody was like, well, this guy's a fucking idiot. What is this guy doing, you know? Mm -hmm. When you get successful... I say you have your friends lie to you to your face, you know, or behind your back and into your face. Mm -hmm. Then you have strangers because then now you become popular. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, who's that gauge guy? Then when you enter the arena where I'm at now is I have famous people look me in the face and literally tell me, it's like if name the person looks and he goes, Gage, I'm super pumped. I love what I'm going to do. Not only am I going to buy a hat, but I'm going to do this where you're like, oh, my God, this is career changing. Mm. But they don't go through. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't like literally going through. Yep. I have my ways of dealing with it. I'm going to share with it after. But I want to hear your way of dealing with expectations, bro. 
Yeah, I uh, expectations. Not to sound weird, I, I honestly keep them pretty small. You know what I mean? I have a goal. I have a, I have a whiteboard. I have two whiteboards in my shop over there. Uh, one is names for orders, right? And the other one is goals. So at the beginning of every month, all right, December, all right, hat goals, right? And then I write a number. And then next to that, it's like actual sales. And I just do a tally mark, right? Um, and some months I, I'm like, man, I'd be stoked if I sold 10 hats, right? Or I'd be so stoked if I sold 15 hats, right? Um, and I remember a year ago where I'd be like, oh man, I'd be so pumped if I just did one hat a week. If I could sell four hats, I can help pay rent and I can do this stuff, you know? Uh, and now I'm at the point where it's like, there'll be 20, 30 tally marks, you know, and, and, I, and I'm blown away by it because I, I feel so incredibly humbled that people give me their hard earned money. You know, it's just something I don't take lightly, you know, cause I like, I didn't grow up rich. You know what I mean? I grew up, I was taken care of bills were paid, but we struggled some months, whatever. And then also just being this broke dude, you know, where I was, I've been everything man from like, a Zamboni driver to a meter maid, like putting boots on cars, you right, know, right, right, right. All, all touring, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Uh, so I've learned to, I try to make expectations reasonable. Does that make sense? Super, uh, super. So I'm just like, okay, this month I'd like to do a new t-shirt design and two podcasts, right? And sometimes it's, I do a t-shirt design and I don't do any podcasts because I, you know, the workload's too heavy or, or, or whatever, whatever it may be. Right. Um, but yeah, I, and and but expectations like with with people, you know, I, I um, I, I think I found out kind of early that you know people make a lot of promises that they're not going to go through w- with, right? Like you're saying, and I I just you know there's a there's a clothing company called Thirty Seconds Out, and their slogan is "No one is coming; it's up to us." And I've kind of made that like my mantra for the year. Cause like when COVID hit, it's like, there's no way I'm getting like a PPP loan or, or anything like that. I'm like, no one's going to help me. I had to figure this shit out on my own, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want it to sound like a negative thing, but I just try to keep my expectations reasonable. You know what I mean? Expectations. No, that's not negative. That's good, man. That's good. I think, yeah. I think it's like goals, goals are high. Expectations are low. If that makes any sense at all. Super, super sense. My thing is, which I have it back here. Yeah. The two things you can control is effort and attitude, bro. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Everything, everything else, I couldn't, I would have loved to have kept my hair. I lost it, bro. I tried my best. I lost it, right? I, we, you could love to, maybe, maybe you wish you would have been, uh, I don't know, bro, six, five and done this. You would mm-hmm. but what you can control is your effort. And your attitude, man. And especially for me, listening that you're a young, because you were what, 29, 28 when you had your daughter? Yeah, I was 28. Yeah. Which is young, man. It's still super young. You know, I'm 41 (laughs) years old. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm 41 years old and I have a two year old girl and a three month year old boy, right? Okay. I got married at 37, which is a great age for a man. Yeah. You're now 28. You're not married yet, but you're going to get married soon, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
you're now really starting a journey where you're starting to pop off now. Mm -hmm. See, I never had to deal with popping off without being married because mm. I did social media. I, I was crushing it in Vegas and I didn't need to go to social media. Yeah. I would see people on Instagram I was like, what's this Instagram stuff? I, I wouldn't um, even touch it, you know? And they would use it for marketing and I was so popular that I didn't need to use it. But I had never dealt with girls DMing me, what that's like, whatever. So every time I see a young dude mm -hmm. that has a daughter mm -hmm. that's in a relationship and is getting notoriety, good looking dude that has a lot going on, I always stress a lot of stuff that start with communication. Mm -hmm. In every relationship, especially with your chick, don't take advantage of communication, whether it's good or bad. Oh, the yeah. minute it starts going a little bad, listen, I want to talk to you. You know what, man? I, I, We have this girl. We're doing this, but I don't know. I have this that I need to do this. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite. Man, you know what? I haven't told you in a while, but I'm so appreciative, man, that you've hung out with me, that mm -hmm. you have my back. Also, and I don't think, listen, I don't think in high school I would eliminate probably 85% of the mass. Mm -hmm. I would do I would do a I would do a petition that we do addition subtraction adding addition subtraction multiplication division and maybe percentages and mm -hmm. stop right there. Fuck mm -hmm. fractions. Don't even oh, yeah. get me started on algebra. <laughs> Don't get me started on calculus, yeah, okay? Dude. It is so ridiculous and let's replace that with human relationship 101. Mhm. Mm how to deal with stuff as a dude, yeah. how to not get a girl pregnant the first mm. time, how to deal with peer pressure, yeah. how to deal with drugs, how to deal with abuse that's coming. Like all these things that it's like almost like, go, good luck, go figure it out. Yeah. yeah. It's also a thing too of like, it's like, hey, how to deal with the fact that you don't know what you want to do with the rest of your life when you're 17 or 18, right? No, like, age. And here's the thing, bro. Yeah. How, how tall were you your senior year of high school? Uh, I was like six foot, probably the same height. So you look like a man already. Yeah. And the problem is what people don't understand is that the front part of our brain, especially us men, bro, that doesn't mature till we're like 25 years old. Yeah. So we're, we're, I'm six two. So we have men walking around with this like weird persona and like, hey, look at me, look at me. Oh, yeah. And there's no empathy for us. Mm -hmm. So we just make dumb decisions because we don't know any better or yeah. whatever it is. So I'm, I'm big on that kind of stuff, bro. Yeah, you know, well the thing is too like well, I I dealt a lot with that. I was married before. I got married when I was like 23 and then divorced uh when I was 27. Um but that entire time I was married, I was on tour, you know I'm what right. I mean? Yeah, which is hardly impossible, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rough, you know. And but the thing is I I sowed a, a lot of wild oats when I was real young touring, you know what I mean? So there wasn't uh there wasn't too much of a thing, you know, my later years of touring, you'd find me at the merch table, you know, reading a book. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. hey, let, let, me ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah. The hats. Uh-huh. I saw, I see an example, Brandon's hat, right? That color scheme. Yeah. You can't think of that. Does that? How do you pick that? Though that color is that because that's like an off something faded, mix blend. How does somebody pick a hat, bro? Well, I dyed that one. All the weird colors you see, I dye those. You know, which I, also to me are the coolest ones. How do you know what you're dyeing it into? Like, how does that work? 
Uh, I don't. Well, here's the thing. I don't tell anyone how I die. It's my. It's like that's like my secret sauce. You know. Uh, no, no. I don't want to hear how you die, but I want to hear how do you pick a color, like, or, or do you even know what color is going to come out? I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I do a little bit now because I've been doing it for so long. But like with that blue hat, I was. I I saw a pair of shoes. Right. I, I just saw these. I, I'm a big sneakerhead. I love. I love Nikes. I love Vans. You know. I love. I love a good pair of cowboy boots. Um, I saw these really badass like air maxes and they were like this awesome like blueberry blue right like like our name tags like this blue and white it was like that blue like almost like the travis scott jordan the first one yeah yeah you know and then i've seen like some like really awesome orange thrown in there and there was like also like this had like a purple into it as well they're like these custom shoes and i was like how do I make that? How do I make that into a hat? Right. That's like, that's always my go-to is like, how can I make that into a hat? That's, that's how I think. Right. Um, and so I, I just, I, I dyed the hat blue and then I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I make it into a shoe? And so the back brim part on the back of the hat, I did, uh, it's called a bound edge. That's the, like the ribbon around the brim. And I was like, okay, so this is like the top of the tongue. Right. So it's like, there's that, and then I was like, what do I do for the hat band? I don't want to put a ribbon. And I was like, dude, I should just put off-white shoelaces. And then you know that this was inspired by shoes. Nice. So that's where the shoelaces came from. Um, and then um, my friend uh, uh, Jordan Dankfuls, uh, his name is Dank on, on, on Instagram. He makes all these custom – he's made shoes for everyone, dude. He Forever. makes Brendan shoes and everyone's right. He was kind enough. He goes, hey, I have all this scrap leather would you like it? I go, please send it over to me. And so he had like the cracked, like elephant skin that's like on the Jordans and stuff. And I was nice. like, Oh, well, instead of burning my lightning bolt into the hat, I should cut the lightning bolt out of this leather and just kind of make this other, you know, another dimension that pops off this hat and it's still a gray. So the, and it's black. So it's going to kind of, you know, it'll mesh with the blues and the oranges and, and like the white that's kind of on the hat and stuff. So, I kind of, man, I kind of get in this mode where, you know, it's few and far between where I get to do passion projects, right? Because I'm always, I am, you know, I'm fortunate to where I, I, I am booked out pretty far in advance to make right. hats. But, you know, every once in a while, man, the stars align and I, I, I'll i be, you know, the other day I, I was sitting there and I was just kind of on my phone doing the thing, right? We're all scrolling through Instagram, whatever. And I saw a picture of like an old suitcase that had stickers all over it. And I go, how do I make that into a hat? Yeah, I took a screenshot of it and I just kind of look at it, throw some notes on my phone and, um, you know, and then, and then I kind of come to the shop and I'm just always kind of searching online as I'm kind of getting ready to, to start working. Uh, so there's always, I saw, you know, there, dude, it's, it's funny. I saw as a target, there's an older lady old enough to be our mom. Right. And she had this like really awesome, like Louis Vuitton purse and it was like uh -huh. this natural leather but all of the Louis Vuitton logos were all these like really awesome different colors. And I was like, hey, can I take a picture of your purse? And she's like, what? And I was like, can I take a picture of your purse? I'm a hat maker. It's, it's inspiring to me. And she's like, I guess so. And I was like, click. And now I'm looking at that and I'm like, okay, how do I make a hat out of that? Right. So I just kind of, I get inspired by, you know, really a little, a little bit of, of everything. You know what I mean? Um, and and, I, and I it, love it changes, that. you know, it changes too. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that, bro. Do you get a lot of orders here in South from South Florida? Florida, I've sent 
I've sent a few hats to Florida. Yeah, you know, a lot of my hats are here. Um, I've sent quite a few up to Canada and uh, a ton of them go out to California. You know, I, I mean, they kind of go, I've, I've sent hats to, you know, Alaska. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, because I think of it as the, the thing with you with Florida is it's so hot and humid, bro, that I don't know if the hat thing yeah. plays like it does cool over there, bro. And then with me, because I look at those hats and I'm like, man, you guys, because you look super cool wearing yours. But my ears, I don't think let me pull the hat off, to be honest with you. Why like, not? I don't know, bro. Like, I have dorky ears when when I put, like, a hat. It's like I can't wear a beanie. Okay. Like, if I wear a beanie like yours, yeah, I got to cover my ears. Cause, okay. Because if I put my ears up, it looks off in my brain. So I've always thought of, man, if one day I could pull off one of those hats, It'd be a cool little little thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I need to just come to Florida and we'll take your template. So when we know it's going to fit you perfectly. You know what I mean? Oh, we go to Nashville, bro. When I'm in Nashville, well, I'm going to because I got to support you. You came on the podcast. I got to get a hat from you. <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think about that, man, because I always go – because I think those hats, to me, always look good with the guys with the – you have the hair in the back and stuff. That's, mm -hmm. that's king. You know, That's why Bradley Cooper crushed it in that movie, you know, with the hair and stuff. Yeah, he goes back to Brad, dude. <laughs> with the hair, bro. But I think of myself and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I could pull it off. I go on stage. I speak. You know? So – Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like just even, even going back to Brendan, right? I was a – I made Brendan his first like proper hat like that. And I mean, we went full hog. He got like a three and a half inch brim. You know what I mean? Like we went for it. And then uh, I, I never like really saw him wear it. I was like, I think he hates his hat, he hates you, know? <laughs> he hates it, you know? And then like when that Yellowstone TV show came out, he was wearing his hat, man. And he was all stoked. And he's like, bro, I got to get another hat, you know? And so, uh, so I think, I think a lot of it too with hats, like, it's a, it's a confidence thing, you know, Hell yeah. um, there's a dude and he's just turned into a dear friend. His name is Brandon Lake. He's like, um, he's like a worship singer. You know what I mean? I don't know. He's like this, but he, he's like six foot three and I just made him a hat and the crown on the hat is six inches tall. Like Holy it's going to be a tall hat, but he was like, I want a tall hat. You know, I, I, I want made me a big hat. I'm like, all right, dude, you got it. You know? And that was the latest hat I just posted. Um, but uh, I, I think too, man, people all the time are like, hey, I, I don't know if I can pull off one of your hats. It's like, you can, you can. It's literally, I make you the hat, you wear the hat, and then you just don't give a, just don't give a shit about what anyone thinks, you know? That's, that, and I think that's the key in life. And I think people have, people struggle with that, right? That's a Hell real, yeah, they do. That's a big thing. Like, oh, what's everybody going to think? Like, I got to take a picture. Everyone's got to know that I'm here. I'm hanging out with so-and-so. <laughs> it's just like, damn, dude, chill out. You know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, nobody, nobody's going to You gonna think care. they do, but they don't. They're they worried about themselves. They're worried about themselves. Yeah. What are, what are rules? If you rock a hat. Yeah. I'm rocking a Daisy May hat now, right? Mm-hmm. What are the rules? Are there, are there no rules? Do I have to take it off at some point? Like, how does that work? What are we talking about here? What are the etiquettes? Yeah, I mean, you know, they always say it's terrible luck to put a hat on a bed. That's like an old cowboy rule. 
It's like okay. fuck to put a hat on a bed. Um, another cowboy rule too is like you can't wear yellow. You know, that's why I got such a big kick out of the Jesse James thing because like back bull riding, no one wore yellow because it's like yellow's bad luck. You never you're not allowed to wear yellow. Nice. Um, but also too, it's like you don't want to leave your hat in a car, right? Especially like in Florida, it's hot. You know, like you guys down there, man, we get it here in the summer, but like it's so humid. Like you take a shower and you're like, man, you, you know this feeling. You know when you like take a shower. You get dressed and you put on like like your favorite outfit. You're like, dude, I feel awesome. I, I I'm crushing today. And then you walk outside and you're like, I'm perpetually wet. You know what I mean? It's just like that horrible, bro. Oh, horrible. dude, it's like I hate that. So, um, with that humidity and stuff and the heat, it's like you can never leave your hat in a car because that causes the hat to shrink up quite a bit. You know, I've fixed countless hats where people are like, I left my hat in a car you know? And so I'm like, well, bring it here at the reblock it. You know, I mean, none of my hats. Cause I tell people I'm like, do not leave this thing in your car. You've spent enough money on it. You should know better. Do not leave this in your car not overnight, not in the morning. If you're not going to wear it and just hang, you know, put it on the, put a nail on the wall, hang it on the wall, put it like flat on a table or on a shelf or something like that. But my hats are made out of either, either beaver or rabbit felt. And so, uh, they do fine in the rain. They do fine in the snow. I always just tell people, I'm like, just don't wear it's it in the shower. Hat. Yeah, it's a battle hat. Yeah, you know, and it's something if you take care of and you brush it off every once in a while, clean it. I mean, you can literally pass hat, these hats down to your kids. I mean, they oh, laugh. I love it. I mean, I got a. I just shaped a dude's hat that was, it was his dad's hat, you know, and the sweatband inside was like torn up, and I just I cut it out. I put one of my sweatbands in it. Cause that's all I have is just my logo in there, you know, but I'm like, Hey, here you go. But now that hat's going to last him for another 20 years. You know, it's like, all you have to do is just take, you know, take care of it. It's good to go. You know, dude, that's awesome, man. How do I know what color? Do I leave the color up to you? Is that, is that how this thing works? Like you pick the vibe? All personal preference, you know? Um, but there's some people like, Hey, I want like a gray hat. It's like, okay, cool. You know, I can get just a solid gray hat from my manufacturer it's like or i could dye a hat gray like what if we dyed a hat gray in a couple different tones of gray so then when i sand the hat body out it has like this crazy looking these different tones to it you know it could look like really cool um so yeah i you know i always try to point point people to the kind of more creative kind of vibe you know what i mean Um, but you know if if they're like hey I, i love if they send me pictures of stuff, like if it's through email, I'm like, hey, show me some hats that you like, right? And if every hat they send me is, you know, a gray hat, like a solid gray hat, I'm like, they probably want a solid gray hat. You yeah, know? you're not going to hit them with a red hat. You're yeah, go no, absolutely. It's like, okay, cool. And so I just try to pick a few different things. It's like, what's the consistency of shapes they're picking out, right? Or what the the brim, the, uh, the trim, you know, the hat band, things like that, you know? So it's... I try to keep it as easy as possible. You know, I'm like, hey, it's your money. I'll make you whatever hat you want, you know? That's what we're going to do, buddy. I'm going to go to Nashville. You're going to size me up. We're going to document the whole thing, and we're going to we're gonna crush it, bro. I love it. A couple more questions. A couple more questions. Yeah. You have a podcast. I do, yeah. You go on podcasts. You have a podcast. Yeah. What makes them different, man? What makes them fun? What makes your show fun? Do you like the podcast? Talk to me about that experience. Yeah, I just, you know, 
my the podcast idea came from a thing where I'd made a buddy, uh, my producer David. I had made him a hat. He bought a hat, and I just go, "Hey man, would you ever want to help me make a podcast?" And this is like kind of like during like in like the throes of of COVID, right? Which I guess we're still kind of in, you know. But yeah, I was like, "What's everybody in the hat world not doing?" Like no one has podcast, <laughs> you I know, love like it. I love it. podcast. So yeah, I it started off with like, I want to talk about to talk to people like w- within fashion or these different types of things. And then I just realized I just kind of want to have my friends on or, or random people that I don't know. And, and, um, and it, that's just kind of what it started from, you know, and I just, I just like talking to people, you know, like I love coming on here because you have this format of like these questions and it's very business savvy and business minded. And I love that, you know, because it's like I don't really talk about too much of a business on 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 my podcast. You know what I mean? Um, like I had a buddy on and he's he does competition sharpshooting. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like, bro, dude, I ha- dude Gage, I have zero format, bro. I just talk yeah. and it's not even business, but I just. What I do is I see a dude that's crushing it and I start picking your brain. How did yep. this do? How did this? How did that? You know, how do you do this, yeah. man? And, and I just, bro, I think it's just going to be super successful, man. It's funny. I'm going to have Evan on from Black Rifle on this show. So oh, really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to chop up the part of you talking about him. I'm going to send it to him. Dude, please do, man. I, I, I love Black Rifle. It's funny because I actually buy bags of it for my shop. And when really? people, customers come in, I'm like, have you ever Black Rifle? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, let me make you some. You know, like you want a cup of coffee? So it's either Hell yeah. Black Rifle or, uh, or or Kill Cliff. I drink Kill Cliff a ton. I love those dudes too. You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm very, uh, I'm not a veteran or anything like that, you know. But you're I, pro that vibe. You like I that am, vibe. I, yeah. Dude, I, I'm appreciative of that and, and of what those men and women have gone through that makes it, so you and I can sit here like this and bullshit. Hell yeah, bro. You know, I mean? Hell and, yeah. you know I, I just think that, I think the veteran community deserves a lot, a lot more attention and more love, you know? So I love that's what, that's what Black Rifle's doing and they're creating jobs. And man, the coffee's awesome too, you know? So yeah, tell that guy, I'm a big fan, you know? <laughs> I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him. He's supposed to come on, so. I love it. I'm going to tell him. I Dude, I, I really think, man, that with you, Unless you get bored and you get that successful real quick and get the Tacoma and the ranch and the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, bro, I think I think sky's the limit, man. I think hey. sky's the limit. How you're approaching social and all that stuff. You have a YouTube channel also, or no? I do. Yeah, um, I, it, that's gonna start getting a lot more busier next year. I'm gonna put out some instructional videos uh, for hats and stuff like that next year, and uh, I'm dropping a new promo video that we got, we've been putting together for the last several months and that comes out, uh, next month too. So I love that dude, because I think people are into watching dudes that have skills, Hmm. do their craft and are passionate about their craft. Sure. And I think, and if you get to a point, just like with Jesse James, like when he did Shaq's bike, yeah, that that was a big thing. Cause a big guy like Shaq, if you get to a point where you do your own YouTube show and you say, listen, uh, Stallone, let's use Stallone again. Stallone, yeah. you're going to go do a hat. Listen, part of my deal is, man, can, can I document it for the show? We'll do that. Nobody's doing. Yeah. yeah. That nobody's doing. And just that interaction, bro. Oh, my God, man. So I love the the YouTube thing. And then you clip it in with the Instagram stuff. and And I love it, dude. Before I let you go, bro, any questions for me? Anything I can help you with? 
Dave, what made you want to start doing a podcast? Didn't you, you did like vlogging and stuff like that? But I mean, now it's like you have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, right? Like, like so, where did where did like your passion for baseball come in, right? And then how did you make it bleed into a podcast? You know. So I have. Here's the funny part. I have zero passion to be 100% honest with you mm-hmm. for baseball. Okay. I just, my dad's thing mm. was baseball. Okay. My dad was obsessed with baseball and I feel that I got stuck in baseball. All my misery growing up mm. came from fucking baseball. Wow. My ass kicked because of baseball. This. Yeah. But here's the irony in life, Gage. This is why I get goosebumps. I must get emotional talking about this and why I do what I do. So if you take me from the age of three to 21 years old, all baseball, mm. baseball nerd, baseball, baseball, that's like everything, right? Mm. Okay. Then you take that out. I tell you, the sport that abused the hell out of me is a sport that has brought me everything that I've wanted in life. Wow. And I ran away from baseball. I left Miami. Mm-hmm. I'm modeling with Wilhelmina. J-Lo has a TV show called South Beach. I get on the show with Vanessa Williams. I do one thing. I get my SAG card. I'm like, fuck it. I'm out. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to the furthest place away. Mm. I'm going to go live in a car. My dad wasn't your dad. Hey, here's 200 bucks, buddy, whatever. My dad, I didn't want a dime from him because I didn't want nobody telling me anything. Yeah. So I went and I left and I drove in a Toyota Corolla from Miami. And I know that to go through the state of Texas takes 14 hours Mm. across because I did it. I drove that twice. And when I sat there and I slept in the Hollywood Hills gauge, I thought California would be sunny California because that's what I saw in the videos, you know, and it was, and I left in January, bro. And when I slept in the Hollywood Hills and thought it was 30, 40 degrees in January, freezing my ass off. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I learned what made people go crazy because when you're living in your car, I thought that me with my thing, I go, oh, this is easy, bro. I go to Los Angeles. I start meeting chicks left and right. I'll live with this one. I'll live with that one. I'll be sad. And then, mm. dude, I didn't even want to leave my car because all my belongings are in it. And I'm in, a, I'm in a little Toyota Corolla. My foot gauge is falling asleep in reverse as I sleep at nighttime. I couldn't sleep a whole night. I There was no social media or there was no smartphone, no YouTube. I couldn't YouTube positivity, whatever. So I would literally, I had to read books, turn on the radio, old school style, and just my brain. And I had this, my dad prepared me for everything in life, except Mm. to deal with him. Mm. The guy trained me like Rocky. Yeah. So I don't see barriers. I don't see the answer. No. Mm -hmm. I reach out to you. You're like, hey, bro, cool. You change it last minute for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't take that personal. Yeah. I just keep going because I have such feeling of good that Mm -hmm. oozes out of me when I talk to somebody and I want everybody around me to win. Yeah. So because of all these things, I'm in Los Angeles and I had two lessons with a guy by the name of Gary Austin. 
Gary Austin is a dude from Corpus Christi, Texas, that created the Groundlings. The Groundlings is the most popular improvisational theater mm. in the West Coast ever done. Lisa Kudrow, Will Farrell, Phil Hartman, all these people came out of there. This guy created that. In my first class of me living in my car, the first person I talked to in six months, when I sit there and I go to that guy's class, coincidentally, Gage, he's wearing a retro Houston Astros baseball jacket. <laughs> and the guy does a baseball analogy, bro. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. I raised my hand. I said, Professor, you're absolutely right. I used to be a baseball player. Blah, blah, blah. He goes to me. He goes, what are you doing? I go, no, I just moved here six months ago. I'm sleeping in my car. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Okay, cool. He goes, do you want to come to more classes? I said, listen, give me a chance. I budgeted for two. Let me see what I can figure out because I don't have a job. I've been a baseball player. I never worked in my life. Yeah. He goes, no, no. How about we do this? Come sleep in, uh, in my house. It was him, his wife, and his four snow dogs. The most <laughs> disgusting house. You got every, you know, the amount of white hair that was everywhere. It was oh, God. Disgusting. To me, it was like the four seasons because I wanted to learn so much. Yeah. And I was so humble. This guy was willing to teach me. And at the beginning, I go, listen, let's do this. Instead of me sleeping in the house, let me at least park my car in your driveway. Yeah. So at least I know nobody's going to kick me out. Yeah. Because I didn't want myself. The biggest, you learned this from me. The biggest danger to success is being comfortable. Mm. It's 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 me being comfortable and mediocrity mm -hmm. are best friends. Yeah. And yeah. what has had me ahead, you talk about the followers, my success, my people, the stories are endless, is and I told this to my wife, and it's hard for a civilian to understand this because man, it's like your chick. They, they, every battle we go into, everything they feel it because they see how what we go through, bro. Everything that I've gotten in life, I've had to go get. Mm. Nothing has been given to me at all. Yeah. So I, so I, I, I hit it off with this dude. I become a celebrity baseball coach in Beverly Hills. I'm training celebrities with their kids. I'm honest enough to tell them, listen, this is what how you should treat your son. This is how this is important. I don't care who you are. You got to come watch your kid train. You can't send bodyguards. You can't send nannies. You can't send drivers. So I started doing that. And parents were like, that's right. So I started to implement my discipline, but in a certain way. Bro, that started leading to a movement of my speaking career. I always wanted to speak, but I didn't know how to speak. So I just started to speak. Mm. And then, you know who Gary V is? I do know who Gary V is, yeah. yeah. So Gary V taught me. Man, you got to document. You got to document. You got to document. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. I had no idea what a camera was. So I started recording this. And Gage, somebody came and people would tell me, oh, man, because you know you're lucky. You got a producer. He goes, people are like, but editing. I go, man, can you help me with editing? Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, yeah, man, I'll help you with editing. I'll help you with editing. Gage, you know how many people help me with editing, bro? None. Zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to take my happy positive self to the apple store mm. and i sat there and i learned how to edit iMovie twice a week for two yeah. months every single week and i get two hours learn editing learn editing learn editing and i learned how to do it so as i did that i started to speak anywhere that i wanted to speak because i feel that people need to hear that there's no competition gage mm -hmm. only competes against one person himself
There is no nothing. The only thing that's good is your authenticity, yeah. what you feel, and the documenting of that. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. So two years ago, I was on, you're going to like the story. Two years ago, I was on ESPN. Okay. So I'm on ESPN talking about parenting and all stuff. And then I plug, coincidentally, I plug Gary's book. Just to plug uh, Crushing It. Well, the book Crushing It, blah, blah, whatever, whatever. I hear nothing from him, nothing. I know about 11 people that have been on the Ask Gary V show. Not 11, not 11 people that, that Gary helped one day. Like, hey, man, go go do more TikToks. And we're talking about like legit people who are super famous mm -hmm. that have been on his show because of my power in Vegas. Mm -hmm. So, and a couple more that I've helped people's kids out. And I never tapped into any one of them for Gary. Never one. Mm -hmm. A year ago, I did a, so I'm the first influencer. Have you heard of Rawlings? Wallings? Rawlings. Rawlings with an R. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the baseball company. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the first influencer to sign Rawlings, right? You see my logo there? Yeah. You see the logo there on the glove? What? Yeah, bro. That's amazing. So I signed a, a deal with them. They sponsored me, and then I started doing that. Yeah. Uh, while I get 500 to 1,000 DMs a week of kids, parents, entrepreneurs, people sure. reaching out, you know, hey, yeah. man, your journey, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. I always give them the same advice, and the advice is this. Nature rewards movement. Mm. It kills you, man. If you stay stagnant, you start getting in your head. When you get in your head, you start doubting yourself. You yeah. start negativity. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. Why that person has that. He's not wearing my hat. He's not doing this. He's mm. wearing that guy's hat. And you got to stay in movement. Yeah. And what sucked for me in Hollywood is I couldn't do that. But mm. what was for me in this is as long as I could put up a show, it's like I'm movement. Nobody's watching the show, but I'm doing a show. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a podcast. With this. So... Last year, I signed a deal with New Balance. I go to Boston to go tour the yeah. their their place, beautiful place in New Balance. Yeah. A guy who works at VaynerMedia reaches out to me and goes, dude, I love your message. I love your stuff. Would you want to be on my podcast in VaynerMedia? Wow. And I was like, yeah, man. So I go. Gary wasn't there. Gary was out of town. I sit there, Gage, long story short. I connect with the guy. It's awesome. VaynerMedia is like the Mecca, bro. It's beautiful. Hudson Yards in New York is like an entrepreneur's dream. Just mm. the, the vibe, very positive, all these things. I'm soaking it all in. And when I'm done, I'm telling the dude, I go, listen, man, he had a different vibe than what was going on. He's a sales guy. He was in a marketing team. There was a little bit of clash. And I gave him my honest opinion. Like if I'd known the guy the whole life, I said, listen, I think you should do this, 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 and that. When we're done, he goes, bro, you should reach out to this dude. He's a big baseball fan. I reach out to the dude during the World Series last year. We're talking, this whole yeah. thing. I go, listen, brother, I'm going to be in New York for the Rawlings Gold Glove Awards. That's like all the super, so it's like the country, like the CMAs. Okay, that's like that's like the, the baseball award show. The big show. baseball award show, yeah. Okay. I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there interviewing all the players, whatever. If your brother wants, I'll see him for free. Yeah. I'll watch him. And any help I can be, and I'll take him some stuff, whatever. He's yeah, like, bro, my dad would love that. My stepbrother's huge baseball, 16 years old, this whole thing. Gage, I go over there. I help the guy out on a Thursday. 
I told him, man, I didn't get to see you hit. If you want me to see you hit, let me know. Mm -hmm. I went the following day. I'm interviewing Ozzy Smith. You know who Ozzy Smith is? I don't know. Big famous guy, uh, shortstop for the the 80s, for the okay. Cardinals, the wizard. He's the guy that used to do the flips before the games. Okay, okay. Ozzy you... Smith. So we're here, and as I'm interviewing him, the guy shoots me a text, the guy's dad. Listen, man, I would be super appreciative. I And he gave me this whole itinerary. And I'm like, all right. He goes, you'll come, you'll speak in New Jersey to 20 kids. You'll see my son, blah, 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 all for free. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Gage, I finished at three o'clock in the morning at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. Mm -hmm. At 630 in the morning, I got my happy, positive self. I got on the ferry, <laughs> went to New Jersey. His son picked me up and went all the way. I don't know. We drove like an hour and a half yeah. to speak to a bunch of kids, whatever. When I was done speaking, and I have it documented because I record everything. Mm -hmm. I guarantee I have a dude following me, whatever. When I'm done, the guy pulls me aside and goes, listen, bro, I want to tell you something. I can't thank you enough for what you've done. I'm best friends with Gary Vee. What? <laughs> I'm best friends with Gary Vee? No way. And my son works for him. You know Lou? Do you know little Lou? Lou Janelle? I don't know. He's a, you'll see him now. He's a Gary's friend. That's his okay. son. Whoa. He's known. He's in the wine business. He knew Gary from the wine before he became Gary Vee. Yeah. Yeah. They I were coming back in an airplane from Napa Valley, okay, and in an airplane, Gary pulled out a yellow sheet and and wrote down everything he was going to do. And he goes, look, Lou, this is what I'm going to do. This whole thing, right? So I came, and the guy goes to me, I'm going to introduce you to Gary. I'm going to get you 15 minutes with Gary. I go, listen, Lou, I don't want 15 minutes with Gary, man. What I want is if I meet him, I want you to come with me because yeah. I don't need anything from anybody. Yeah. I don't a single thing. What yeah. can I help? What can I give? How can I pump you up? What can I be of service? Whatever. Yeah. Dude, two years to the day, February 1st, 2018, I'm on ESPN endorsing Gary's book. Yeah. 2020, February 21st, I'm at VaynerMedia talking to Gary. Wow. Documented wow. everything. Gary's like, bro, we got to have dinner, blah, blah, blah. So when you ask me why did I start the podcast, yeah, when Corona hit, I go, I gotta do something. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do a show, yeah, and and let's see. But yeah. I'm gonna be in movement, and I've had super famous people. I have people that are gonna be very well known, like you. I've had friends of mine. I have people that have sold me out, but we've mm -hmm. worked it out. Mm -hmm. I have all types of people, and what I started was. My thing is, my gift, my talent is that I care so much about your success. Mm. That's why when I hear, wait a minute, you're a fan of this dude from Black Rifle? Mm. I'm gonna. What's the worst thing he tells me? No. I say, listen, bro, you got a dude that, yeah. that, that really likes you. Bro, he's a fan, whatever. He's a monster doing hats. You never know. And I don't want nothing. I yeah. just want to see if, because that to me is huge yeah. so if you could learn anything from me and i'm 41 uh-huh and the only reason why the gary v stories are sexy the barstool sports story same thing is sexy uh -huh. uh, all these people that i meet is so that a 31 a 21 a 15 year old 16 year old goes man if this guy 
is saying stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Let me try that. If if Coach HP saying, be cool, be humble, be empathetic, bro, yeah. be grateful, mm-hmm. be chill, help people out, don't don't get man. If be cool with my dad, be cool with your son. So, dude, that's why I started the whole thing, man. Dude, one thing you just said that I really love is, uh, you go, what's the worst thing you can say? No. Right. And that's what made me just like have this freak out moment because I strive to live every day like that. Right. Like, wait, wait and say, no, it's okay. I don't, for whatever it is, whatever, whatever the thing you're working on the project, asking for help, this guy, you know, reaching out to this guy for this, whatever. But it's, I, th- I think people need to be comfortable with being like, Hey dude, you got to get used to just being told no, you know, I mean, all, bro, and all the time, man, all the time. And, yeah. and the thing is you never know what, uh, Oregon state reaches out to me two years ago. I had no idea who they won. They won the title in baseball. I'm the Beavers. I'm speaking at Oregon state. I don't know who anybody is. There's mm-hmm. a kid blue eyes sitting right there. First guy to ask me a question, coach, your mindset. How do you get that mindset? How do you stay so positive? Mm. I give him my answer. We're done. We take a group picture. Kid's right next to me. No idea who the kid is. Yeah. Kid sends me a DM after. Coach, you being there, man, it's God sent. I can't thank you enough. Bro. Wow. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. I get a D, I get a message from the manager after. It's like, man, you crushed it. That was awesome. He goes, you, you know who that kid was that was asking all these questions? I go, no, I have no idea. He goes, that's the projected number one overall pick in the 20. 20 draft, 2019 draft. This dude signed for $8.1 million, okay, wow. to the Orioles uh, two years ago. That's a lot of Tacomas. You know what I'm saying? It's a, but, <laughs> but, but, but look how it is. It's just a feeling of good to help. Yeah. And then I had a document. That's why now the difference with now, and this is why for you this is important, the artist is you take Brandon Shop. Brandon's a guy that got lucky because he's charismatic. He yeah. knows a lot. And he had a lot of big brothers that helped him. Mm-hmm. Had Joe come in who loves doing that and really helped him. Yeah. And then they then they put it in the machine of the formula of documenting podcasts. So it's, it's a system, right? Yeah. But it's all the documenting and the putting out content. You're an artist. Okay. Content, content, mm-hmm. content. Sit there with the team. You got a team. You told you have a team. You mm-hmm. got a producer there, whatever. How much content am I putting out a week? Oh, I got to pick it up. Because you're doing mm-hmm. it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How much, yeah. how many, how many TikToks am I doing a week? Are you on TikTok? No, I keep hearing about it. I feel like I just had to get on it now. Hell yeah. You got to get on it, bro. And you just got to be you. You know, now if you're a dancer, you dance. I'm not a dancer. Gary's yeah. not a dancer. But what you do is you're you, you understand the format and yeah. you just get on and get on what happens is, bro, you, what you do is like tattoos, bro. Mm. Timeless. Timeless. Mm. That's why I'm like you. I'm fully tatted. Every time I see a Justin Bieber, I see one of these guys fully tatted, I'm like, yes, it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. not like the trend's going to stop, right? It's funny. Same? I listened to your other podcast where you and your boy were talking about, you started off, you're like, dude, this tattoo, it's like this 3D portrait. 
it, I'll send it to you. It's blown my mind. I was like, I got, I need to know who this, who's this tattoo artist talking about? You know? Well, it, well, it's a new style now. It's just a new style now that they're doing. Yeah. He did uh, this dude, did, this dude here in Miami, he did Jake Paul. He did this, he did that. He's doing a, a lot of this stuff. But mm. same thing. When I interviewed Logan Paul, same mm -hmm. thing. Bro, the work ethic. Yeah. He goes, I just so happened to be born in a generation where I've been doing content my whole life. It's and he's only 24 years old, bro. Which yeah. is crazy. Now, why haven't we reached out and put a hat in his thing? That's in the future. Yeah. You what you do is just like it's it's like your possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. Because everybody wants a hat from you. Bald guys, tall guys, short guys, ugly guys, good-looking guys, athletes, politicians, singers, you name it. Yeah. Everybody wants, because everybody wants to feel the vibe of the hat, whatever it is. Yeah. You have that. Mm. Now it's just how do you continue to get a no, continue to get this um, famous YouTuber, Eric, Eric Decker, interviewed him before. He was talking to Logan Paul. At the time, he had 50 subscribers, like 1,500 subscribers. He was trying to get on Logan Paul's team. Before I interviewed Logan, I saw him. I pulled him aside. I go, bro, you got talent. He was 20 years old at the time. You got talent. I hadn't seen his work. Bro, the guy now almost has a million subscribers on, wow. on YouTube. He's a beast. And where you beat me is you got a material, bro. If I knew how to make this glove... <laughs> I would be sending, but you have that gift. Yeah. Now you can't put yourself out of business, but you could literally in your little goal thing, go, I'm mm -hmm. going to send out to my favorite stars. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to put, and then you could even go, okay, I'm going to go on TikTok, whoever the, the top five TikTok people are, I'm going to find the way to do that. Then I'm going to, I'm going to hit a Kardashian. I got to find one Kardashian, one Jenner that I got to put a hat on their thing. Mm -hmm. And you just start that way. And you see, and you go, bro, in a year and a half, two years, you'd you'd be there'd be no stopping you, bro. There'd be no stopping. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, I uh I, f I feel fortunate, you know, things are moving and what's crazy is that you know, every month gets busy. Better, of course, and, bro, know, because I more mean, people start figuring you out. Now you're on this show, we put you on. Now more people start figuring out. Then next thing you know, one day you're gonna be on shop show. Then you're then it's game over, dude. That'd be sweet. Uh, you know, <laughs> this uh, this moment happened. This was a few weeks ago. I was dying. I uh, I got on Instagram one morning. You know, I'm makeup coffee and hanging out with my daughter. And you know, I was like, oh, check my phone, whatever. Pull up Instagram, right? And it's like you have like 150 new followers, and I was like what is going on? Like, what, what is this? You know? And, uh, I just kept going and my buddy's like, dude, that was so cool. How Shab gave you a shout out on a show. And I just go, what are you talking about? And he just sends me the video and he's like, Hey, fast forward to whatever. And I watched it and he, and he just gave me this full blown shout out. And I was like, that's amazing. I can't believe that. I can't believe that happened. You know? And Dude, I, I would consider Brendan one of my friends. We text back and forth, you know. Uh, he's awesome, dude. Um, and uh, but I'm still I still get a little bit blown away, you know what I mean, by by stuff like that. Where I'm like, dude, I I grew up watching this dude 
you know, either kicking ass or getting his ass kicked, you right, know, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and now it's like, yeah, that was, that was one of the moments. It was that. And then when I made Billy Gibbons a hat, cause my dad's like a monster ZZ top fan. Right. right. And so I called my dad. I was like, dude, guess who I'm making a hat for. And he's always like George Strait, And I'm like, no, not dead. George Strait gets paid to wear hats. You know, he's not getting my hats. So I go, I'm making Billy Gibbons a hat. You know, I'm making Brendan a hat. And he was like, really i was like yeah isn't that crazy you know so um and but that was just one of those moments man where i just was like what like what is my life you know this dude's talking about his podcast he doesn't have it's only beginning bro it's only beginning man because one people sees it two people and then it's gonna be crazy dude it's gonna be crazy we're gonna we're gonna link up bro i'm gonna give you how long does it take well you gotta fit it first so Next time I'm in the area, if you're in Miami, let me know. But yeah. next time I'm or close by, next time I'm in the area, I'm gonna swing by. You'll get me fitted and stuff, and we'll we'll let you hit your magic, brother. Dude, yeah, and also too, man. Like if you want it sooner, I can just send you. You know, because I do online orders all the time. I can show you just how to measure your head, and that's what gives me the size, right? And then from there, I take the block that gives me the size, and I just make it happen. You know, I love it for so, sure, yeah. for sure, my brother. Dude, Thanks, you can hit me, of course, bro. Anything you need or whatever it is, you shoot me a DM. I will. And I got you, man. I will. Dude, thank you for this, man. This is so awesome. I so appreciate your time and having me come on, man. I've, I've had an awesome, awesome time doing this with you. We got to do it again. Yes, sir. You're the man. All right, brother. All right, bro. Take care. We'll be in touch. All right, All right. dude. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 